1: Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Tonight was substantially more fun than the other night. Um, <laughs> yeah, to kind of play on our toes and not be on our heels the whole night—again, also very fun.
0: Yes, I'd say that an 11 to 2 victory is substantially more fun than a 5 to 1 loss. Brian Rust essentially nailing that analysis. Hmm. which pair of guys do you think had a worse night on Sunday? Will Smith and Chris Rock or the Detroit Red Wing Goalies? Tim Benz here, Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go online to BetRivers.com. Betrivers Sportsbook offering new customers a deposit match up to 250 bucks when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. If you had under 12 goals in the Penguins-Red Wings game on Sunday, you lost. And if you had under half of a physical altercation at the Oscars, you lost. Frankly, I don't know which one had the greater odds of occurring. I wouldn't be stunned to see if Will Smith and Chris Rock hugged it out and kissed and made up by this time next year at the Oscars if you see the odds post for that again. I would be stunned if we see 13 goals again between the Penguins and Rangers Tuesday night at PPG Paints Arena. I don't think Shusterkin and Jari have that kind of bad night in them like Alex Nedelkovic and Calvin Picard did Sunday for Detroit. Oh, was that some hideous goaltending? But hey, I, I've been wrong before. Who knows? Maybe we see a shootout after all on Tuesday. I wouldn't bet on it, though. We'll get to specifically how to and how not to bet on it momentarily. Uh, I have been wrong before, as I was about St. Peter's, but then again, who was right about the Peacocks? Well, Purdue. That one, of all the games that I lost in the NCAA tournament, that one killed me the most. Well, them in Kentucky, who you know basically ruined my bracket and ruined all my futures because of their loss to St. Peter's. But what are you going to do? It was a fun ride, and that's what March is about when it comes to stuff like this. And when it comes to what's better viewing for Saturday night, I'm torn. I love the idea... Of Coach K versus UNC in the semifinals in his swan song tournament, his swan song final four. But I also would have loved to see the ultimate David and Goliath showdown between those two teams. But the glass slipper eventually broke. I had a parlay going with Kansas and the Tar Heels yesterday. Didn't even need to bother with that on the money line. Both teams covered comfortably. My gosh, I got out of the car to cover the Penguins game. And it was a 13-point lead for Kansas over Miami. And it ended At plus 26. How the hell did that happen? And then Carolina won by 20. Give me the Jayhawks and the Blue Devils both at minus four and a half. Maybe I'll buy it down to two and a half. But I like the favorites, both of them on Saturday night for the final four. I bet Pursuit is loving those plus 1,600 odds he got on Duke right about now. We'll talk to him on Thursday. And then a quick turnaround for Mike on Tuesday of next week. Actually might run it Wednesday. We're going to recap the national title game. And we'll preview the Frozen Four He and I will be there together at the Frozen Four in Boston on April 8th through the 10th. I gave one college hockey bet that paid off when AIC covered two and a half against Michigan. I missed on another when St. Cloud and Quinnipiac went over, way over. So my bad on that one. Now it's Denver, a plus-132 underdog against a minus-167 favorite in Michigan. Michigan. It's Minnesota, a plus-116 underdog against Minnesota State, a minus-143 favorite. I like the under there more than anything at five. I know it's low, but Dryden McKay and his 1.34 goals against average and his 934 save percentage for Minnesota State. I think he's going to have a large say in that. Michigan, the overall favorite at plus-175. Not surprising. They're the best team with the most talent. Then Minnesota State at plus-25. They've got the best goalie. Minnesota next at 375. They might have the best tradition of the group. Then Denver, the long shot, good value at plus 400. They have the best recent history, having won three times since any of those other schools have. I like that plus 400 for Denver. That's an encouraging buy as far as I'm concerned. By the way, the actual over-under for the Penguins, I didn't get to this before, in the Penguins-Rangers game for Tuesday is at 6 the first game for the Penguins and Rangers, one nothing in favor of Pittsburgh. The second game was 5-1 Rangers. What does that tell you? 2-3 goal win for the Penguins this time? Maybe, who knows, too unpredictable. That's kind of how I'm leaning. I'd leave this one alone, but if you want to play it, I'd lean towards the under at minus 110. Only a slightly more expensive buy than the minus 107 payout for the over. Rangers are at 135 on the money line as road dogs. That looks appealing. But if you do think the pendulum swings back towards the Penguins and with a cushion, like I said before, plus 150 at a goal and a half, that could prove valuable. Canes and Caps tonight. That's an interesting one to watch and bet on. Washington, winners of 6 of 8 at home against the Hurricanes, losers of 5 of 7. Caps are getting plus 112 as a home dog. Boy, I like that one for Washington. All right, some Steelers conversation of all the – wild Steelers quarterback scenarios that have cropped up. The most illogical in my eyes is the one that cropped up most recently and one that seems to be the least likely to go away, and I can't figure out why. That is what I consider to be the cockamamie suggestion that if and when Baker Mayfield is released, the Steelers will sign him. The notion was first advanced by Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot, who said that she was being told that the Steelers would, quote, pounce if Baker Mayfield gets released. That news seems to get an extended life cycle around here, at least in terms of the news value that's being given. It went from about 24 hours to about 48 hours the first time, and now it's stretched to 72 since the latest iteration of the conversation. That's because Mike Florio floated out on Friday that Mayfield could very well wind up with the Steelers if he's let go by the Browns. Here was his theory, quote, Mayfield is making $18.8 million no matter what, He could force the Browns to ultimately release him if he makes it clear that he ultimately will refuse to embrace a new team. The Browns surely don't want to do that. For starters, he'd make a beeline for Pittsburgh, which would pay him a one-year minimum salary of $1.035 million and stick the Browns with the $17 million balance. Instantly, he becomes the best option on the Steelers' depth chart. He'd be humbled. He'd be motivated. He'd be coachable by Mike Tomlin has a gift for keeping difficult personalities pointed in the right direction. He does? Really? You mean guys like Antonio Brown, LeGarrette Blunt, Le'Veon Bell, Martavis Bryant, Melvin Ingram, James Harrison, guys like that? What about King TikTok and his pregame logo dances? What about him? And just so we're clear, this wouldn't be about Baker Mayfield making a beeline to the Steelers, as Florio said. This would be about the Steelers' choosing baker mayfield which i absolutely don't think they'll do i don't think they would have done so if all this happened before mitch trubisky and now that trubisky is here i'm all the more convinced that it won't happen now i can't see it i've never gotten the impression that the steelers as an organization and coach mike tomlin specifically are all that high on mayfield Every time Mayfield's name comes up during a Tomlin press conference in advance of a Browns game, he is quick, I mean really quick, to shift the conversation away from Mayfield's quarterback play and back to Cleveland's running game or the offensive line or the play calling or Nick Chubb specifically. Although Tomlin, at least on one occasion, has been complimentary of Mayfield's prowess in the play-action, rollout, bootleg aspect of quarterback play. Those things are allegedly areas of Matt Kennedy's offense that have yet to be unfurled thanks to Ben Roethlisberger's lack of mobility in recent years. But I I still don't buy it. The quarterback room is cluttered enough with Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Why add Mayfield to the mix when the team might be tempted to draft the quarterback this year or in 2023? That being said, nothing would give me greater pleasure than seeing every Steelers fan and every team-friendly media member who has badmouthed Mayfield for his shortcomings for four years suddenly twist themselves into pretzels to justify and praise the signing. Can you imagine, after Mitch Trubisky's first interception next year, the chance of Baker, 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 Baker cascading down from the stands at Heinz Field? It will be unbelievable. Dogs and cats living together. Our pets' heads are falling off. Yes, even those in the dog pound. And I might live to see him with my own eyes. That would be the case if Baker Mayfield comes to Pittsburgh. Steelers plus nine hundred to win the North, plus thirty five hundred in front of only the Jags, Jets, and Texans to win the AFC. My God! And then plus seven thousand to win the Super Bowl, even with the Washington Commanders. How does that make you feel? Right with the Washington Commanders right now, just in front of the Giants and Bears. I think people have figured out the long chances the Steelers have to win the Super Bowl this year nationally, even if we haven't in Pittsburgh. All right, we come back. We will talk with Mark Madden. It is our Madden Monday podcast. Not only will we look at the Penguins, their loss at MSG. He was there firsthand for that. The bounce back blowout against the Red Wings. I was there for that. We talk Steelers quarterback conversation too. And yes, the Oscars with the whole Chris Rock and Will Smith fiasco. That's coming up next. Madden Monday. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A Madden Monday podcast. Tim Benz and Mark Madden from 105.9 The X and Trib Live. Brought to you by Bet River Sportsbook. Offering new customers deposit match of up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has a daily ongoing promotion that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. The Penguins, 11-2 winners on Sunday after being 5-1 losers at Madison Square Garden. Quite the turnaround, and Mark Madden was there at MSG for the first half. Mark, after seeing 5-1 against the Rangers, did you think 11-2 was possible on Sunday? Uh, no, but they were only playing Detroit. that That's
1: what I always hasten to add when the Penguins put a whip on some non-playoff team, that it's a non-playoff team, that they won't be playing them in the postseason. Um, uh, you know, they beat Columbus pretty good, and looked, you know, as if they'd put on a clinic, you know, a few games back, but that's a team they won't be playing in the playoffs. That said, I was real impressed with how they played, and I, I can't repeat enough that Evgeny Malkin, He established a different way of playing during that six-game pointless streak, which seems odd to say. But the physicality he got going out of frustration, frustration not with not getting points, but having crappy linemates, that has driven him to just be a more physical and aggressive force. And now it's paying off in goals. So um, I think this is the best Gino we've seen in quite a while. Uh, both production-wise, recently and stylistically, for the best part of what two or three weeks.
0: So, is it worth it then? Do you think to keep Russ there and have Raquel on the other side? No, <laughs> I, I would put
1: I would put Russ with, with uh, Sid for okay. sure, and and I think that'll happen eventually. Maybe not though. I mean, Rodriguez is playing good enough with Sid, and 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 one thing Sid is and always has been that you know usually isn't Sid's an elevator. You, you know what I mean?
0: Sid can make something out of Rodriguez, whereas Malkin might need Russ. Does that, does that compute? Yes, it does. And do you think then, by extension, they've got to find a right wing, or do they put Raquel on the right and hope that Zucker does the job on the left when he comes back? No, no.
1: Uh, Raquel's got to play left. That's what he plays. That's his position.
0: Uh, who do you see as candidates for the right side then? Captain if he actually gets his butt in gear? Yeah, he looked okay today, didn't he? Yeah, was a nice mitts on that goal of his. I mean, it was a weird, awkward goal, but, you know, he made something of it. And I'm not ruling really out Raquel moving to right wing. It's just
1: not what I would do. I understand that things fall together better if he moves to right wing and you can go with, you know, Malkin, Zilker, and Raquel. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that does much for Raquel.
0: What do you think of him so far?
1: It's okay. I didn't expect greatness.
0: Right. You know, Timmy's not scored. You know, 30 goals since, what, 2018? And he hasn't topped 20 since then. Exactly. And I feel like the Penguins have been a rumored destination for him since he scored his last 30-goal season. And as a result, here they are. They get him when he's, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say on the downside because he did have an uptick this year before he got traded. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I think he's the best that they could have done at the deadline given the circumstances. And what they gave up. And what they had to wiggle with in terms of cap room, too. Yeah,
1: but what we do, what any team does, I think, Tim, when they acquire players, the fans look at his best season and think they're getting that guy. You know, Raquel wasn't what he was from, you know, 16 through 18, you know, whenever he got those goals, and neither are the Penguins.
0: What went wrong against the Rangers, or what didn't go right against the Rangers more than anything else? I mean, it looked bad from Jump Street, but what did you see while you were in the building?
1: <laughs> well, as, as I said in my calling for the crib, Tim, they have a style that is etched in stone and they came into the garden playing their third game in four nights and the Rangers hadn't played since Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. And they still had defensemen activating, jumping in the play right away. Even though the Rangers came into the game with obviously not just fresher legs, much fresher legs. That was one of the biggest scheduling disadvantages I've ever seen in the national hockey league. So, you know, they activated Ruedel twice He got beat back up the ice. The Rangers scored twice on odd man breaks because of it. But I don't blame Ruedel. That's how the coaches want the defensemen to play, all the defensemen. And I'm just saying it would have made more sense with playing the third game in four nights that you uh, take it easy with the D. Maybe let Latang jump or Madison, but not everybody. Because they have everybody do it all the time. So I thought that was a mistake early on when when you lack the legs and you're at that scheduling disadvantage, you can't fall behind that
0: much that quick, but they did because they weren't very smart. Do you still look at the East and see it as wide open within the eight teams as maybe we discussed a couple weeks ago, or do you think anyone within the eight is separating themselves?
1: Um, I think it's hilarious that Tampa might flip over to the, to the Metro division playoffs as a wild
0: card. Yeah. How about that? I'd like to be Carolina. You finish first you play Tampa. Right, and uh, boy, they had a war in their last game, and it certainly got nasty at the end. The Bruins are the ones that are really throwing a monkey wrench into things. I mean, if you look at the way they've been playing, they might surpass, I think last time I checked, they were in front of Toronto, right? Weren't they in second place in the Atlantic? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're still going to end up...
1: Well, I don't know. You see, Tampa doesn't care where they finish. That's the thing. They've won two cups
0: in a row. They don't see disadvantages with stuff like that. Do the Penguins, do you think? Because I'm not sure if they do either, given how familiar they are with the Metro teams. I think they should if they
1: don't. I think there was a time they didn't, namely when
0: they were the best team, like Tampa is
1: right now, or has been the past two years.
0: One thing the Penguins didn't do particularly great today, and they did a lot of things very well, was face-offs. But if they continue to be the better face-off team against the Rangers, as they have been throughout most of the season, how much does that neutralize home ice if they don't get it?
1: Uh... I don't know. I mean that, that's a real good question, but I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think success at faceoffs tends to come and go. it's more cumulative. Just because you you know have a good faceoff figure in in the regular season doesn't necessarily mean you'll have one in the playoffs because you, you know you're facing different centers, you're facing them night after night. And real good faceoff guys you know in big games pick their spots you know depending on where the faceoff is, so many factors weigh. So I, I love the Penguins on faceoffs. They're scoring goals off set plays. Yeah, I was just about to Four, say
0: that. Their set plays have been fantastic lately.
1: Yeah, more than they have since I can remember. But uh, in terms of how that transits in the playoffs, I don't know.
0: Last time they had double digits in a game, Mark, it was a game against the Lightning back in 1995. They got 10, and Mario didn't score until the 10th, which stunned me. Uh, Well, tonight, I mean, I like the crowd shit and we want 10. And then they got it right away. About 35 seconds after they started chanting it, Brian Boyle got the 10th.
1: I give Sully credit, though, because at the end, the Penguins had a power play. I think they had a four-minute power play, and Sully just put out, you know, there's the, a the horn
0: Exactly, yes. I think he wanted to make sure that it uh, wasn't, Running up the score, at least intentionally, and, you know, like you said, save some of the guys, you know, scheduling and the legs and all that. They've got the Rangers, so I think that was wise on his part. I thought one of the funnier individual lines of the night, Mark, was Brian Dumoulin, who didn't have a point and was a plus five. Yeah, and I don't think he played
1: that great either. He struggled lately. He he has me a bit worried as we approach the playoffs, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, but in those eleven two games, the plus minuses, I mean, they can't,
0: when they add them on, but they, 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 you know, on the night they're kind of, kind of fluky. How about that goalie for the Red Wings? He gets chased. Things continue to go badly. The backup gets hurt and has to go out, and then that guy had to come back in. He looked like he wanted no part of it, Mark whatsoever. And I can't blame him. It, it sucks when your one goalie
1: gets knocked out, and the other goalie sucks too, and then goalies get hurt. And you just end up, you know, in and out, in and out, like the hokey pokey at a wedding.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, on the topic of goalies, what do you think about Flurry going to Minnesota? Got his first start under his belt, got a victory. Uh, interesting chase in the central right now with them and the Avs. How do you think that's going to work out with him and Talbot?
1: Boy, if they don't make Flurry the clear number one, what was the point of the trade?
0: Yeah, exactly. And Talbot went right back in today after Flurry got his first win. Yeah. If they
1: don't make him the number one, what was the point? I thought it was a great story that Mark didn't want to go to anybody who might play Pittsburgh,
0: though. Yeah, the I mean, Washington that's not how thing. I
1: would have approached it, but knowing Mark, I'm not surprised that's how he approached
0: it. Yeah, and he even talked about it, I guess, on the national broadcast, too. Uh, what damage do you think they can do, Mark, the Capitals, if any, in the Metro or in the overall Eastern Conference playoffs? Um, That's a good question. I don't know. I mean,
1: that Vanacek's played a couple of games lately in goal for the Capitals, Tim.
0: Yep. But I I, see, I think they're the eighth team among the eight, don't you? I agree. I was just about to say, especially if they get thrown against uh, Florida, I don't like their chances all that much.
1: Yeah, I, If Tampa flips over, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is nuts. Yeah. That's just crazy. And it might, I don't think it'll happen when push comes to shove, but it might. The fact that it could is amazing. And the thing is, if the, if the Penguins were the, then to be able to beat the Rangers and Tampa does take out Carolina, you know, the Penguins, more than some other teams this year, played well against Tampa and, and probably feel pretty confident going into that matchup.
1: Well, part of the problem is with these teams sliding down like Tampa is all eight teams were surely to make the playoffs so early that it's made every team lose intensity at some point.
0: Mark Madden with us again, brought to you by... Except maybe Florida.
1: I think Florida, as a team that hasn't had playoff success, does see the value in finishing first.
0: Mark Madden again, brought to us by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Mark would switch gears to football. Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert speaking today. Uh, reiterating what I guess anybody who's been watching could figure out, which is uh, they still might draft a quarterback even though they got Mitch Trubisky. Would you see that as a flaw in logic at this point? Do you just wait until next year to draft the quarterback because you got Trubisky, who's supposed to be a better bridge guy than Mason Rudolph?
1: I, I, I hate talking about this. I just do. But why would you sign Trubisky and then draft a quarterback this year?
0: Well, that's that's what I'm saying. I know you don't like talking about it, but they're perpetuating it by putting out there. And boy, this is. No, be... no, they're not. They're not. The, the, the club isn't perpetuating it. Tomlin goes to every
1: pro day, he looks at every quarterback. He takes potential draft picks out to dinner all the time. He's not doing
0: anything different in his job at all. Well, but when Tomlin addressed it today and talked about it as quarterback week, when he labeled it quarterback week, That's adding a little gravitas to it, is it not? Yeah, for sure. You know, and and then when Colbert was... uh, For sure. I don't know why he'd
1: do that, but it's just, you know, I don't know. Here's another thing to ponder too, Tim. Yeah. Maybe they will draft a quarterback. You know why? They haven't had to replace the
0: quarterback since Ben. They don't know how to do it, and Tomlin's never done it. Yeah, they probably think they probably need four guys to do it. (laughs) Like, therein lies the dilemma. But, you know, for all the kind words they've said about Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins... Boy, the veil is lifted on that awfully quickly if they go out and get Mitch Trubisky plus another guy in what's not even a great quarterback draft class to begin with. Yeah, I, again, I just don't see the logic of getting another guy. Honest, if, if they do draft the quarterback,
1: then they should have let Mason Rudolph be the bridge guy because obviously their yes. plan for their new... Long-term quarterback is more accelerated than I figured.
0: Yes, exactly. And that's where my thought comes down on it. And they do have other needs. They haven't been able to address defensive line and free agency. They didn't address tackle and free agency. I think that it was a dumb move to bring back Chooks for what they did. Strong safety is still a need, and wide receiver is still a need. So to take a quarterback after getting a different bridge quarterback when next year's quarterback class is supposed to be better, like to me that's redundancy. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. I mean, I don't know
1: if they would draft Malik Willis, who's a project kind of quarterback, you know, every time, you know, Pickett, I mean, Pickett, (laughs) if they draft Pickett, (laughs) even he is not, I mean, Tim, Pickett would be a second rounder next year's draft.
0: Correct. Yeah. And actually I think taking Pickett now would make even less sense because the advantage to him for other teams is that he can start and start quickly. Whereas I guess it would make more sense to take Willis and be developmental behind Trubisky.
1: Yeah. Um, I, 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 but this is going to happen no matter when they draft a quarterback, but to do it now would be foolish. Every time Trubisky throws an incompletion, and they have Willis. Why is the Willis playing? Yeah, You right. drafted him. Why don't you play him? And don't get me wrong. That's going to happen at some point in the future with
0: the Steelers quarterback situation, but it's going to be unbearable. It always is. Brought up wide receivers before, Mark. Juju smith Suster, now a Kansas City Chief, and says he isn't going to TikTok with Patrick Mahomes' brother because he's just there to play ball. Well, gee, what a novel concept. I wonder what Andy Reid said to convince him of that after four years here. Yeah, but he already has a couple of videos up, doesn't he? Dancing yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs jersey. Yeah, but I went back and listened to that interview he did on the NFL Network. He was very careful in how he phrased it. He said, I'm not going to make any TikToks with, Patrick Mahomes' brother. He didn't say he was going to make TikToks, just not with Patrick Mahomes' brother. Well, he's going to make TikToks because he can't help himself. And he'll make some with Patrick Mahomes' brother because he can't help himself. What do you think about that trade, by the way, Mark? The Tyreek Hill trade. I'm not sure if I was wild about it from anybody's point of view. uh, Well, except for Hill and the money that he got. And it is South Beach as opposed to Kansas City. But now he has to catch passes from Tua instead of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but he's
1: one of those players, and really every athlete is not him. He just wanted to get the most money possible, and he probably likes living in Miami, and he already won a Super
0: Bowl. Yeah, and he's from down there, and I guess one ring is one ring, and maybe, like you said, it's more about the money now at this point. Plus, there's the whole Brady thing, and my God, like, you know, you talked about him maybe not being somebody who seeks the limelight earlier, but then he came back out of retirement, and then within a couple days, we're talking about him maybe going to Miami. No. If it is, it's just a cry for attention. I don't see any way he makes that move
1: after retiring once. If Brady moves to Miami, he looks foolish.
0: Yeah, especially after he's recruited guys to stay in Tampa, right? Correct. Uh, I mean, the quarterback stuff has just been an absolute carousel all year long, and Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland is the latest. I agreed with what you said on Twitter, too, by the way, on the on the Watson thing. I don't know what people expected from his press conference. Why would he apologize Why he's trying to keep his ass out of jail? That makes no sense. Yeah, no question. You know, no question. I I I don't know why the reaction was what it was. I mean, well, they wanted people wanted an abject confession, then they wanted the NFL to suspend him forever. I mean, even he's not dumb enough to do that. I thought D Haslam's quotes were the ones that were bizarre, like. Why would she say all this stuff about, well, we thought about it and we, it almost sounded like she was reconciling the decision. I don't care what he has, has to say. Hey, football's always going to win. Once he starts playing, this will all be forgotten. And that's a sad commentary, but very likely a true one. They,
1: Let's see how many pickets are outside Brown State in the first game he plays.
0: They're the fourth place team in the AFC North, don't you think? Even if, uh, even if Watson doesn't start right away? Uh, if Watson
1: starts right away, uh, the Steelers are the fourth place team. I think Watson's only really going to miss a couple games. One thing we should lose track of, Tim. Yeah. Is that the Steelers wanted Ben suspended.
0: Oh, you mean for the comparison of what happened? Yes. Yeah.
1: So that precedent doesn't matter nearly as much as if the Steelers hadn't wanted Ben suspended. The Browns just want Watson to play.
0: Mark, before we go, I'm catching up on winning time. I didn't think Red Auerbach was ever that much of a jag off, did you? Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen the Larry Bird introduction yet. I'm still waiting on that one. I'm only two episodes. Oh no, in. I haven't seen. He hasn't been on yet either.
1: I haven't, if Bird's been on. I blinked through it.
0: Uh, Mark, what do we have on the show now that you're back from uh, New York on Monday?
1: Who knows? Haven't thought about it.
0: <laughs> I know one thing you're disappointed about, as am I. You're, you're not taking off Wednesday to go to see Greta Van Fleet. Um, I am uh, disappointed. I, I think Borky's on tomorrow. That I, I do remember. Oh, did you hear Borky had to do play-by-play today? Why? Josh Getzoff got sick in the middle of the broadcast, and Borky ended up doing play by play with Metzger on color. Oh, I bet that was I bet that was fun. And I saw Borky on the way out, and I said it's too bad you didn't have any goal calls. I
1: thought, <laughs> thought Metzer should have done play by play now that I hear the circumstance. I've done
0: the gunner. We got it. Now they got it. <laughs> Mark, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Tim. All right, Madden Monday, brought to you by Bet Rivers.